Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcast. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. All right. Well, we tried. Um, uh, I was. It was so cool. I got to share this story with you. But we had. Uh, <laughs> Um, we're doing uh, gifts for the airmen, but also for foster kids who have aged out. And there was a card back there that somebody says, hey, I want to go to the Phoenix Suns game on Christmas. And so I thought, what a cool gift to ask. And one of you guys brought it up and um, made arrangements for them to go to uh, the Suns game on Christmas. What an epic, epic memory that's going to be. So that's cool. I really love the generosity of this church. It really blesses my heart. So uh, thank you guys for going above and beyond to make a difference because we really do want to make a difference here in our community and the people that we serve. So you guys make that happen. We are in a series about fishing. The, uh, the sermon series is Fish Stories. So Lloyd kicked this off last week, and he was sharing. I'm going to get rid of this, then if I don't need to just chuck it in the back. He was sharing about how to follow Jesus is to fish. So Jesus shared a lot of different parables, and he called the disciples. He says, you, I want to make you now fishers of men. I want you to share the story and to fish for men. So a lot of us are familiar with that. So we are going to talk about today why we should fish. What does the Bible say about the importance of fishing, and why should we fish? Why should we make that such a priority? So before we launch into that, I have a fish story. And now I grew up in Colorado, and I, I really liked to fish. I really liked river fishing because it was a little bit more engaging. Because honestly, if you're fishing from a pond and you don't have a boat and you're just like on the, on the side of the water, it's pretty boring, right? <laughs> it's kind of boring. But um, this fish story is actually the most exciting fishing experience that I've ever had. You see, a friend of mine says, hey, we're going up there. Um, I had a jet ski. A couple other people had jet skis. So we went up to Lake Powell. He's like, make sure you bring your fishing pole. So we're up there. We're having a great time. And then it's about dusk. And he's like, hey, Sean, we're going fishing. And I'm thinking in my mind, okay, great. We're going to, you know, do the water thing and on the shore. And he's like, no, dude, get on your jet ski. I'm like, what? Okay. So, so it's the two of us driving out there. There's another set of people, and there's like these running boards on these jet skis. So I put my fishing line here and his fishing line here, and we are cruising around Lake Powell, and there's a certain time of the day that these striper bass, I've never heard of this, but these striper bass actually go into like this feeding frenzy, and they create like a fish boil. And so we're cruising as fast as we can on these jet skis, looking at the, at the horizon line for, for water that's like bubbling. And then we stop, we go full speed, and we just grab our reel. It's no bait, it's just a lure. And we throw it right in the middle of that fish boil, and we just catch fish after fish. It is so cool. And then the fish boil settles, and then you go try to find another one. And so I actually found a video of this. You could roll this clip, but this is what this looks like. Check this out. You can see it there on the side of your screen. But that's how the fish go. They just are in this feeding frenzy. And it takes nothing. You just toss it out. And <laughs> so 
So he catches a fish, and you'll see him throw it out there again and just catch another fish. But it is nonstop when you hit this fish boil. Catch another one. Have you ever heard of the fish boil? You thought it was like a skin disease or something weird before now. <laughs> it's actually a thing. It was a really exciting fish trip. So I was happy that uh, I had a chance to do that. But I share that story because in Acts, it talks about, in Acts two seventeen, it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. I'm waiting for that day. <laughs> he says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Like I am so excited for God's spirit to be poured out on the last days. That is going to be so exciting where, where people are convicted of their sin and they're just desperate and hungry for a spiritual awakening. And it's kind of it reminds me of that fish boil like, I want to be on the search, and I want to be on the lookout for those who are in desperate need. I've heard stories months ago from Northern California about people actually knocking on, you know, uh, churches that serve the, the needy, and they're just like, I need Jesus. There's something in here, and I want you to explain why I, I, I need to knock on the door here, and I need to understand what you guys do here. Like the Spirit of God drawing people. I've heard stories that God, that God is moving in powerful ways. They're sharing the, the story of the cross, and people are just so convicted of sin that they stop the message just to have an altar call because people are so moved and emotional. Like, I am hungry for those things. I'm hungry for, for revival. And I do think that a lot of us realize that we understand that it's important to share our faith. We understand that. We get that, that idea. Um, but for some of us, it's kind of hard. And so I think um, a good place to start is, um, is in 2 Timothy. It talks about that, yes, we should preach the word of God. We should be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. We should patiently, say patiently, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people. Say your people with good teaching. When's the last time you had a spiritual conversation? Have you thought of that? When's the last time that you were able to share your story about what maybe a message or a song or what God's done in your life? When have you had that opportunity or made that opportunity? You see, I think this is a great homework assignment for us. Put that verse back up there. It says, <laughs> when you're with your people this Thursday, <laughs> eating some turkey, <laughs> be patient and encourage them. May your light shine to where they see a uniqueness that God's done in your life. So good luck with that this Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's hard, right? It's hard to be that way. But maybe you're like, you know what, Sean, I appreciate this message, but I'm going to tune out because this, you know what, 
this generation, this young generation, they don't listen to anything I say. They would rather go on, you know, online, ask the Google for how to do this or watch a video on how to do this. Like, they don't know, they don't care about what I have to say about Jesus. Or maybe you're feeling like, you know what, my, my story, my faith story, it's really not that exciting. <laughs> you know, like nothing's really happened. And who am I to say that they should do this? I haven't even read the Bible cover to cover. Like, I don't, I'm still sorting this out myself. Or maybe you're just like, you know what, I tried it a couple times and it didn't seem to really work. Or I don't want to offend somebody, right? Like, we all have these things lurking. But if I was the enemy, I would want to keep stirring up those thoughts. Like, nobody cares. You're not good enough. You're not qualified enough. But the fact is, is God says something different. See, the, 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 the takeaway before we dive into the scriptures is the takeaway that I want you to get closer to is a position where you say, you know what, I want to obey God. As simple as that. I want to obey God. I want, I want to be open to sharing my faith. And God, I'll go where you want me to go, and I'll say what you want me to say, and I'll speak to who you want me to speak to. Like, that's the goal line. That's where I want us to get. That's where I want my life to get. So when we talk about sharing our faith, let's start with Jesus. This is a great passage in Hebrews 12, uh, verse 2. You can turn with me here or uh, find it on the screen. But it says to let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, get this, (laughs) for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's amazing to me linguistically that you can pair the word joy and cross in the same sentence. Have you ever thought of that? Like, the cross is so excruciating and shameful and humility, humiliating and ugly and gross. Like, it's so brutal. And to mix that with Jesus having joy, it's it's amazing to me. But this scripture says, you know what? For the joy of looking through eternity and seeing people reunited in a relationship with God. For that joy, for knowing that you're going to be with me forever. Knowing that your grief and your shame and your depression and your sin be washed away. I'm willing to go through the cross and I take joy in my duty because it's going to lead you to freedom. Like, that's amazing. And I think that we can experience that joy, too, that it's more about, (laughs) I think it's even bigger, maybe, than you think, that sharing your faith and going fishing (laughs) has more to do with even joy in our lives. Look at what John says in in 1 John. He starts his letter, and before he goes into his letter, uh, chapter 1, verse 4, he says, we write this, to make our joy complete, or that the joy may be full. Think about that. He's saying, you know what, I write all of this to you. And this was a gospel. This was a letter that wasn't to a specific church. It was more of a pastoral letter, and it was written to different congregations of Gentiles. And so really it's for us. He's saying, I write all this to you. I write that you need to be united, that you need to fellowship with one another, that you need to put these principles into practice, that you need to share your faith for the joy that you and I will have. 
Have you ever thought about sharing your faith (laughs) will lead you to joy, that it'll bring joy into your life and into others? That it actually fulfills a purpose and a design in God in you. That's why we should fish. That's why we should tell others of the good work that God's done, the good news, right? So bringing it down into a practical sense, I think about women being pregnant, right? (laughs) I don't know much about the topic, but (laughs) my wife was pregnant, and I thank God that I was born a man, right? Amen? Men? Oh, man. Bless you, ladies. But my wife, I saw her go through pregnancy, and she's got type 1 diabetes, and so it was just a, it was a, it was a journey. It was so hard. Like, some women have these great pregnancies, and they feel good. Not our, not my wife and not my family. Like, it was hard. But it was through the joy of experiencing kids that women go through this difficult time, right? The morning sickness, all that stuff, like, it's difficult, but, but for the joy of having kids and all that that means, they're happy to do that. And I think as adults, we want to impart our passions to our kids, right? Like, I love Christmas, and so my kids, I'm just like, you get to see this movie. This is the greatest movie. It's a wonderful life. We're going to watch this. And they're like, it's black and white, Dad. I don't care. Sit down. We're watching this, right? They need to see that movie. It's important. Or, like, you just want to share stuff with your kids. Like, kids, this is called Star Wars, you know? Like, (laughs) what if they're just like, Dad, I don't want to watch this. I have no interest in this. Like, what? No, you you got to like this. And I think about what is God passionate about most? God's, and not Star Wars, thank you. God's passionate about people. It was for God's so loved the world that he sent his son. And so God is passionate about people. So we as his children need to be passionate about the lost, like Jesus was. And I liked how Lloyd said, Pastor Lloyd said, it's fishing, it's not hunting, (laughs) right? Keep that in mind this Thursday, right? It's not hunting, (laughs) So we can position to where we can throw out, like, hey, you guys are invited to church next week. Or, hey, you know what, I I really, you know, I've been praying for you. And you can throw out those things and see what happens. Some people, they won't say anything. But some people will be like, you know, I really appreciate your prayers. And what's different about you? Through all of COVID and everything, it seems like you've had more peace than me. Like, that's the fish nibbling, right? Like, that's... You can do that. But sometimes you you fish, and it's the middle of the day, and the fish aren't biting, right? That's the worst time to go fishing, right, John? Middle of the day in the heat of the sun. Like, sometimes you just got to keep praying for people. But you got to do it out of love and respect in a place to where it glorifies God, right? But God wants to involve you in sharing the good news, that's why he, he says, um, well, I'll get to that. That's a good part. But um, it's coming up. I want to share some stats with you first. That's why I have my notes here. Um, here's, here's some interesting stats. This is another reason why we should share our faith. Get this. Stress levels right now are five times more larger and higher than they were in 9-11. 
People are stressed out. Yet 22% of evangelicals have made a decision in their mind saying, I'm not going to share my faith. I'm not going to talk about Jesus because I'm, I'm worried that it's going to offend somebody. So you have 20% of people saying, I'm not going to share my faith. But you contrast it that 78%, almost 80% of people who are non-churched are actually open to spiritual conversations. They want to hear about your Christianity. That would be fine for them. Isn't that interesting? So we have 22% of our faith community saying, no, I'm not going to do it. And we have 80% of the world who's actually willing to listen. And then you have another stat that I thought is interesting. 35% of those who claim to be atheists actually think about what the meaning of life is. Like, that's sad for me. I, I, don't, I don't have a sleepless night wondering what the meaning of life is because God's given me understanding. <laughs> like, I know my future. I know what's going to happen to me when I die. But atheists are struggling with this. They're like, every week this comes up in their thought. Like, what does life really mean without God? And we have that answer. Think about the hope of Jesus. Is there any problem that we can encounter, whether it's fear or loss or financial or health-wise? Name a problem that we encounter with our people, with our friends, that Jesus isn't the answer for. Like there's a lot of medicines (laughs) that are struggling to heal different sicknesses, but Jesus is the answer. He is our hope, right? Look at this. Only 8% of regular church attenders think it's, quote, very important to be sharing their faith. But I thought this was, that was positive. It says that um, Christianity Today, they reported that um, Christians are looking for and being proactive in trying to create faith-sharing opportunities with non-Christians. It was 11%, and now it's almost up to 20%. So that is awesome. But the reason it's important is found in Corinthians. Look at how, um, how Paul writes this. It says that God has given us the task of reconciling people for him. Why would that be in the Bible if it's not our responsibility for us to be open for God's leading to share our faith? Like we are reconciles. We, we are people that reconcile people to him. It says that for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through you and me, through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to faith. Like, God's given us that role. That's kind of heavy, it feels like, sometimes, right? I, I always wonder, and maybe this is, maybe you can relate to this, but I always wonder what my life would be like if I had just a glimpse of heaven, right? Is there any of you guys that like to, like, tour model homes? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are probably done with that. But no, you go in there. Like, imagine if we could just tour heaven, like, Ah, this is, like, how would that affect our life if we just had a chance to see how good heaven was going to be? Do you think we'd be more passionate about sharing our faith? I feel like we would. Or what if we got a glimpse of how horrible hell is going to be? 
I'd be like, oh, man. And the reality is this, is the Bible says that <laughs> hell wasn't created for people. It was created for the fallen angels that rejected God. But God, being all-powerful and all-knowing, he says, I want to create people and give them my spirit. I want to create love. And in order for love to exist, get this, you have to give people the ability of free choice and free will. Otherwise, love doesn't exist. And so he's in this dilemma where he's like, I don't want anyone to suffer in hell. It's my desire that everyone would find salvation. But he has to give people that choice. And so it's, the good news is it's not good people that get to heaven. Because if it was good people that get to heaven, then we stress out about, well, how good is good? How good do I have to be in order to go to heaven? It's forgiven people that go to heaven. You see, all of our life boils down to what did you do with my son, Jesus? <laughs> that's, that's the question. What did you do? Because when we accept forgiveness from Christ, we don't have to pay for our sins. And it's not about being good enough. It's about having faith that Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins. And that's why this is such great news. Man, God has done something in my life. I was a mess back in the day. Anybody? It was just me. It's just me and that person. <laughs> oh, I don't know about you, but I was a mess. And God changed my life. And this is why I love my job. Because I could sell houses and the market could co collapse. <laughs> Oops, sorry. But, you know, I have a chance to share Jesus. And there's I mean, I honestly, I've been blessed to do so many great things. I've traveled. I've had amazing experiences. I've seen just really cool things. I got to ask Susie to be my wife. Like, that was epic. <laughs> She's not here today. She's not feeling well. But, like, it is awesome. But there's nothing that quite compares to see the light of Jesus come into a person and to see how that affects and changes their marriage and their kids, and their neighbors, and their community. It's like the most exciting thing ever. Like, I love, I'm honored to get to do this with you guys. Like, it is wonderful to see a life changed because of Christ. And that's why we fish. <laughs> that's why we're open to seeing the horizon. Like, are there any fish out there biting? <laughs> I think about that story a couple weeks ago that Lloyd shared with his Bronco. Do you remember that story? He had a Bronco, and so I, I pulled the picture um, uh, off of the Google. It's always funnier to say the in front of Google. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, go ask the Google. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's my stupid humor. Anywho, um, okay, I'm not sure this was uh, Lloyd's Bronco, but he shared a story about how he had this big, huge, beefy, jack in the back of his Bronco, right? And so he would look for people who had a flat tire, and he just went into gear, right? And he'd get that jack, and boom, and crank, 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 right? Not those little tiny, not those little ones. Like, he took pride in having this big, huge, industrial pro thing. <laughs> I'm not mechanical like that. 
But I imagine Lloyd, every time he went to the grocery store and chucked in you know, groceries in his back or if he was moving something, every time he opened his back of his door, what did he see? That big, huge jack in his car. And wasn't his mindset different? He was looking for somebody to help. He was looking for somebody in distress that he could save the day and be the hero, right? And I think about us, like, how big is your fishing pole? <laughs> and do you have just like that tiny little one that fits in this little pocket? <laughs> you can go to church. <laughs> like, how big are we inconvenienced with, like, wanting to know people come to the Lord? How big's our fishing pole? Are we looking for those who are in need? It's exciting. It brings joy. It brings purpose. It brings hope to the world. Like, I want to I wanna be on the lookout for that. I want to be mindful that when people are sick, I want to say, you know what, can I pray for you right now? I don't hear the answer, no. That doesn't offend people. <laughs> but when you're respectful and when you're patient and you want to say, you know what? You want to hear what God's done in my life? You don't have to know all the Bible. You don't have to know Greek and Hebrew. But you have a story. You have a story. I am a trophy of God's grace. <laughs> I am a trophy of God's grace. You ever go to those high school games? And you walk in the gym and you have this big, huge trophy cabinet. Or you go in the gym and they have those huge, big flag banners about the size of a King Comforter that says, Southwest Regional Cross Championships of Fishing 1982. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, good for you. Go Panthers. <laughs> like, I want to be a banner of God's grace, saying I am a different person because I encountered, I encountered the message of God. And I want to share my, you want to hear my story? Here's what God's done in my life. God's invited us to be a part of that mission. That's why, as I started with this, I want to close with this. I want to obey God. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to say what you want me to say. And I want to speak to who you want me to speak with. I'm available. I'm ready. I've got my fishing pole. Let's go. And the good news is this, and I'll close with this scripture. But you're not alone. You see, in Philippians, it says that it's God who works in you to do, to will. Oh, let me start again. It's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So it's the God within us who's orchestrating our steps to lead us to that good purpose. So you can rely on God. And it also gives us great peace knowing that, you know what? If the fish aren't biting, that's okay. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. And I have no condemnation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's really God who draws people to himself, right? But sometimes he allows us to help. And that's exciting. So I know the holidays are coming. <laughs> I know it brings a whole turbulence of emotions. But Christmas is right on the horizon. And I think more than ever, our world is stressed out and it's burdened. 
And that's really why Christ came, to be Emmanuel, to be God with us. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I do pray that you would invite us into sharing our faith. That we wouldn't be afraid to fish or afraid of rejection, but that you would lead us into conversations that would give you glory and honor you well. And Lord, I do pray for those who are hurting that um, you are going to mix us around, Lord. I pray that you would give us those words, and I thank you that it's you who is working in our lives to produce a great future, that you go before us. I pray that we would be united in love in this church, and that when you give us a nudge, um, that we would respond. Lord, thank you for the work that you've done in our life. Thank you for the work that you've done in my life. I pray that you would um, just encourage those who are lacking hope, who need a touch from you today, Lord. Thank you, God. And for those who maybe are struggling with their faith and say, you know what, Sean, that's me. I need to start a relationship with God. I need that hope and that joy that you're talking about. God, I pray that right now you see their heart and that you would draw them into that relationship and that we just declare that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross and we receive forgiveness, that we believe that you sent him. And we thank you for that forgiveness. In Jesus' name.